welcome to the Mark's Ish Brothers podcast. My name is Joseph. I am Cam. And this week we are going all out. We are talking about the menu. We're talking about sight and sound. We're talking about the news. Uh, but we're going to start off with the menu, uh, which is a movie I'm sure that you all heard about. It's a bit of a sleeper hit. Uh, Cam, do you have some fun facts for us? Yes, the menu is a 2022 American dark comedy horror film directed by Mark Malode. I'm not sure if I've heard of him before. Um, written by Seth Reese and Will Tracy. It stars Ray Fiennes, Anya Taylor-Joy, Nicholas Holt, uh, and Hong Chow. And it was shot by Peter Deming, Deming and then edited by, uh, music by Colin Stetson. Again, a lot of names I haven't heard of before, but it was very good. Uh, budget of 30, 30 million, and a box office of seventy eight point two million. Plus, it was a hit on on streaming. So whatever that means for for, for for streaming, also this movie is is considered a success. Yeah, no, it was definitely kind of like a, a double whammy. Um, like when it first started releasing theaters, I, I heard like some positive uh, talk about it. Like I know, uh, like our, our mutual friend. Uh, Rhett, his parents went to go see it, and they loved it when it was in theaters. Mm. So like, it was quite popular, but uh, then as soon as it came onto streaming, then it really kind of took off, at least in the cultural zeitgeist of people discussing it. And like I, I know like a lot of people I talked to were like really excited, and I was like, oh, the menu, it's on uh, Disney+. Plus. And they were like, what, it is? And like I had a lot of people like saying they watched it after I uh, told them about it. So mm. uh, it's definitely cool to see like a, this sort of, Compared to like Marvel movies and stuff, low budget, but like that sort of mid budget movie really have success. Um, mm-hmm. I, I do have some qualms with this movie, but uh, we'll get into that later with uh, me first just being happy that a, a decent mid budget movie is popular. Um, do you have anything to say on that? Absolutely. It's, it's, it's good for cinema as a whole to have a mid budget success. Like the way that movies are released now is. Every movie is trying to be an event, whereas, like, but and like now, like you have less movies making more money. Whereas, like back in the day, in like the eighties and in the eighties and seventies, you have like less, less. You know, you have more movies making still a lot of money, uh, like, but like you have more movies making like the seven hundred or the, the six hundred or like still doing 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 really good financially, but not necessarily crossing the billion dollar mark, but still doing still being very successful. In, in their own right, on relatively modest budgets. I think the MCU is really, and there's the uh, movie, superhero movies as a whole, but the, yeah, but definitely the, the MCU has kind of made everything into being an event yeah. instead of just enjoying a movie. My hot take is that I, I, I blame Steven Spielberg and James Cameron for turning movies into that sort of thing. But uh, that's a discussion for other days. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, it almost kind of reminded me of like Baby Driver in the sense of like that being sort of runaway hit with a, a smaller budget movie, um, but like the sad part is is that like that movie came out what five six years ago and like that's kind of like my reference point. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. I think it was two thousand seventeen. Yeah, yeah. Because then we like it, then we came out at a weird time because immediately after. Like and immediately after it came out on Blu-ray, so I, I literally just bought it in the Blu-ray first first day. Love them, love, love, love them the movie. Then it came out the then the whole Kevin Spacey stuff came out. Then a couple of years later, the um, Ansel Elgort stuff 
came out. So that was yeah. <laughs> I was so, like, oh, maybe these aren't good people in this movie. I uh, I had a I listened to Keep It. It's a podcast that I still listen to, still occasionally. Um, and um, the host Aaron Aaron was talking about how they should just remake Baby Driver, but just recast Ken Spacey with Denzel. And then uh, John John Boyega re- replacing Ansel Elgort, making the, the exact same movie, just change those two castings, and then it'd be better. Yeah, like, no. yeah, those, those yeah. are. <laughs> I agree with that, yeah. uh, but I guess uh, before we start or get too far into it, we should discuss uh, I don't know, maybe a summary of the movie. Yeah, so it's about um, Tyler, uh, played by uh, Nicholas Holt, who is a foodie, he brings his date Margot? Question mark. Uh, to a restaurant on the island. There's a whole vetting process and whatever security. Uh, direct, uh, obviously, Ray Fiennes plays the chef. And you, you get to see a little more clues behind what, what's happening. And you get to see where all the cooks live and all that jazz. And it's like, oh, they're kind of living in not great conditions, but they're getting kind, kind of a, a weird place, yeah. Uh right from the start it kinda of reminded me of like Midsummer, like in that sort of like culty aspect. Yeah. Uh, going further, like the movie doesn't necessarily like isn't like Midsummer uh very much, but just yeah. like the, the first thing in my mind is like, oh this seems like a cult. Like uh yeah. seeing like like their living conditions and how they're like you cannot question the chef. Uh yeah. and stuff like that. I was like, oh this seems uh, interesting. But uh no um well, we don't want to get into spoilers yet, but uh, first off, I just want to say that the acting in this uh, film was actually quite impressive. Like, mm-hmm. uh, R- Ralph Fiennes was like amazing. Like, like just like seeing like the littlest uh, sort of facial expressions, and like it really shows like just how talented of an actor he is, mm-hmm. and, and like just like the range. And uh, Anya Taylor Joy just plays such a good sort of counter to that. Like, mm-hmm. uh, I don't know. I was just I was really impressed with with how how well she acted in this as well. Like. Uh, I'm not sure if I've even seen any other movies with her. What, what other movies is she in? Uh, uh, the The Vitch. Oh, um, yes. She's in, oh, um, uh, not many people liked it, but I did. Uh, Last Night in Soho. Uh, yeah. Edgar Wright. Um, Queen's Gambit, Amsterdam. Yes, yeah. Uh, so I, I, I haven't actually seen her in any other movie. <laughs> yeah. But uh, like I've, I've, awfully, like I've uh, heard her name, like, floating around the social medias and such, but uh, I was really impressed with her, but I was especially impressed with uh, Hong Xiao. I, yes. She was really good. Like, I, I, I've never heard of her before, and all of a sudden yeah. I was like, wait, who is this? Like, why haven't I seen her in, in more things? Like, she's really talented. She's and, getting buzz right now for The Whale, which I haven't seen, um, but, like, I I ever seen all the buzz for Brendan Fraser. I'm like, neat, 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 cool, cool, love, 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 love my king, Brendan. And then all of a sudden, like over the last week, I've 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 kept kept hearing the Hong Chao hype train for best sporting actress. I'm like, oh okay. And seen her in this. And, oh yeah, yeah, she's definitely earned that. I think. Yeah. No, I definitely like. I'm I'm really hoping that like well the whale and, and the menu here uh, get her to be in more movies because she's a great actor and I'd really like hmm. to see her in more things. And uh, yeah, that, 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 that's my hope. But uh, that's really good. What do you think of the acting in this movie? It was really good, and then I got excited and then sad. So, um, um, Eggers, Robert Eggers is doing a Nostratu film, and right. the, the, the original casting was going to be Nicholas Holt, 
and Anya Taylor-Joy. And then they kind of got canceled because Northland didn't do great. And then they, and then they announced, hey, it's going to be Harry Styles and Anya Taylor-Joy. And then then they was like, just kidding. It's Nicholas Holt and Lily Rose Depp, who I haven't seen anything. She seems like a, like a nice person. I prefer Anya Taylor-Joy because I've seen her in more, her in more, more things. But, yeah, so this is like, a, oh, man, we could have, could have had this duo again uh, with with Robert Eggers, but I guess not. That's what it goes. But yeah, but the, it was really good. I love Nicholas Holt. Obviously, Mad Max, Fury Road. Um, I'm an X-Men first class stan. Uh, uh, yes, so yeah. he, he is he is my beast. Uh, yeah. Oh, yeah, he uh, is beast. That's right. That, I was like, why does he look so familiar? Yeah, he, he is beast from uh, X-Men first class, the best X-Men movie in my True, the best X Men movie based, based, based and true. Yeah, uh, yeah Anya Taylor Joy is always good. She, she doesn't miss. Um, I think this is probably my, my favorite, favorite performance from her that I've seen. Yeah, I, I definitely want to watch like uh, the Vavitch, <laughs> but uh, yeah, uh, it, it seems a little scary for me. But uh, <laughs> yeah. it's it's on my list. Yeah, uh, but also, uh, also Robert Eggers, man's 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 good. Yeah, well, he also did the Northman, right? Yes. So. Oh, yes, he did. Okay. Haha, look at me. I know things sometimes. Yeah, yeah, you do. <laughs> um, but yeah, so the, yeah, the acting was really good. Um, but uh, what, what did you think of like the, the writing in this movie? I guess we can maybe start to get into a little bit of spoilers, so I'm not sure if we have anything else to say. Uh, yeah, it was clever. Um, I like the foreshadowing and the hints and the like just the way it kind of builds on things and like the whole and the, and the movie and it does pay off very well mm-hmm. I love yeah. her finding out more and more about his past I like Ray Fiennes finding out about her not being Margot yeah um I like Nicholas Holt having to cook that was that was funny <laughs> that was very funny yeah I, I was texting my friend Hunter during that I'm like get this man a rat this man needs needs a rat to eat ASAP <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> uh, no, I, I was I, I thought it was like quite like there's a really good build up in this movie, like mm. like you're first like oh like 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 I was saying like, like you're a little unsettled to to get off the hop, but you're like yeah I know maybe it's just like these people just really like to cook and they want to learn about it and like you're slowly building you're like well like uh, the chef keeps on asking uh, quote unquote Margot uh, like you're not supposed to be here like why are you here kind of thing yeah and then like this was like the slow build up and then all of a sudden well. Spoiler: uh, The sous chef kills himself, and uh, <laughs> and that's sort of like the start to is that that that's the start, right? To the, to the chaos, yeah. Yeah, then that that well, like there's some like sus moments. That's the first like actively. Like hey, what the hell's uh, going on? <laughs> li- lines have been crossed that we can't go back from. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, like I just thought, like I, I was watching this with my girlfriend. We were like, "Whoa, <laughs> like, like, whoa, what happened?" Um, but uh, no, I, I thought that was a good build. There's even like some some humorous elements, mm-hmm. uh, which I, I thought was like kind of well played. Like, uh, like when what when all the men have to go run and hide, and like the one guy is like hiding in the chicken coop. Yeah, like he's like, "Ah, you uh, were the last one to be found. Here's like this egg dessert." And <laughs> Like I, yeah. I, I, I I laughed out loud seeing that. Like it, it was a good sort of visual uh, gag, yeah. <laughs> um, which I yeah. I thought was uh, quite well done. And uh, I I like these sort of like thriller, comedic like sort of movies. Yeah. Um. 
and I, so I, I really enjoyed that aspect of this. But uh, I, I found that, like, I don't know, uh, getting to the ending. I, well, so, like, basically what, what's happening is that, like, they're slowly, each of these people are getting killed off or will be killed off because they uh, either, like, wronged him and, like, basically they're, like, rich people and he doesn't like rich people. It's kind of, I, would you say that that's kind of, like, what, what this, story, this movie's trying to say is, like, hey, rich people, bad. Yeah, and, like, specifically, like, people who, who use other people's either labor or time or people who are inherently exploitative yeah. suck. Yeah. Um, if, which, which I thought was kind of interesting. Well, like uh, right now I'm like, uh, I'm a labor student. Um, surprise, yeah. surprise. Uh, well, so like, <laughs> so like right now, like I'm, I'm taking a class all about uh, worker self management. And so like, obviously we're talking a lot about Marx and we're talking about like uh, alienation. And I found that a lot of the sort of the principles of alienation could apply to this movie. Uh, which is kind of interesting. So, like, for those who don't know it, alienation basically means that you are disconnected from the means of production. So, let's say in the case of this uh, restaurant, uh, you are making food, but you don't own the food. And uh, when you sell the food or, like, you make the food, then basically you don't have control over it. You can't go home whenever you want. You have to work a certain amount of hours, that kind of thing. You're not working for yourself. You're working for someone else. Um, and, and basically, I'm reading this book about it for class, and they're like, basically... Uh, it means that like you aren't allowed to be creative for your own sake. So like let's say like making food, you're you're no longer allowed to make food for yourself, like to enjoy. You're, you're only like your work ends up only being for other people. So you end up having to uh, find sort of satisfaction in other things. So like uh, uh, them being like sort of like sex is is one of the things that you can like enjoy outside of like the capitalist society. Um, or, or the other one was ironically food uh in, in this book uh so like yeah. basically the idea is like uh there's like everything is sort of a part of the market or a part of work and you're sort of alienated from it except for those things and so i thought it was ironic that this is a movie about food and how like these workers are alienated while making food for other people and how like, yeah. even like capitalism kind of takes over uh <laughs> the, the eating aspect where like you can't even enjoy food without it being sort of uh exploitative mm. which i thought was very interesting but yeah in another way, uh, I mean, I'm going on a bit of a rant. I'll let you talk after. But uh, the other thing, my, my sort of problem with this movie is that, A, it, I don't think it goes far enough. Like, like if, you aren't, no. if you aren't a labor student like me, you're not seeing the alienation side of things. Yeah. Um, and the other thing is, is I find it like, well, we're seeing sort of like a pattern right now, like with, uh, let's say, like this movie or Glass Onion, where, like, it feels very safe to attack rich people. Yeah. Which uh, I was reading a very interesting article. Um, it's uh, from this website called The Face, uh, and the, I re- highly recommend going reading this article. But it's called "Why All uh, Quote Eat the Rich Quote uh, Satire Looks the Same Now," mm-hmm. and uh, it's a short article. I would say go read it. But basically, um, the ending says that like if a satire feels safe for everyone to watch, is that really a satire? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> basically, uh, they equate it to like a Rorschach test. So, like, basically, you're watching this and like, yeah, I agree. Like, worker, like rich people suck. And so, like, if if you agree with that, you're on the good side. If you don't, you're on the bad side. And like that sort of that, like, like the fact that like that is so safe and that like big, like, well, like for us, it's on Disney Plus and like what 
well, like Disney is like uh, sort of the embodiment of all sort of capitalist media, right? Like they're uh, basically one of like three production companies that uh, own all sort of media. So uh, for them to feel safe enough to put out a anti-rich thing uh, kind of seems like a problem. And like sort of these movies, like they, they kind of toe the line of being anti-rich while uh, still being for the status quo, which yeah. as as a as an anti-capitalist such as myself, I uh, find kind of annoying when like someone's like trying to bait people into being against rich people without being anti-capitalist, which uh, is just kind of a problem because like capitalism is the problem, not rich people. Because yeah, exactly. it, r- rich people are using the system to get richer, but it's still the system. It's not individual people doing stuff. Yeah. It's a system as a whole. Anyways, yeah. that's my qualms with the writing of this movie. I will hand it over to you. <laughs> yeah. Rich people suck. But if I were to go and kill Elon Musk, people would be like, hey, you suck. I'm like, yeah, well, I'm just trying I'm trying to help solve the problems, okay? Like, sorry. Ironically, I wouldn't kill someone yet. <laughs> the, 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 the revolution hasn't started yet. But, like, yeah. It's like, yeah, rich people suck. But also, like, if you were to hypothetically cause harm to anyone who was taking advantage of the system, people still look down on, on you, which is like, okay, well, like, you, you like this stuff, but when I, if, if, if it, it, it's, you know, it's, it's the whole fiction, fiction fallacy. That's a, that's a, that's a fun, 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 like, it's, you can enjoy this when it's not real, but the second it becomes real, you totally did, or it applies to you in real life, it, you, you just don't associate with that at all. Yeah. Well, because I think like watching this movie, like most people are going to identify with Margot, right? Like, like yeah. you're you're a, sort of a, you're a worker. Like she's like a sex worker. Yeah. Um, like, and you're not a part of this like ultra rich capitalist class. Um, so like by putting us into that place, then I think it's doing sort of an injustice by being like, haha, look at rich people instead of being like, it almost seems to be arguing like, like kind of like the the neo liberal like uh, not, not even neoliberal just like the classical capitalist like if only there's more good rich people we need more good rich people whereas like no like that's not that's not the answer like <laughs> like uh the system is what's problem like, like sure like if, like if we replaced elon musk with a nicer billionaire like that's not going to solve our problems because there's still a billionaire taking all yeah. the wealth that's for everyone right mm-hmm. like, like like the answer isn't more nice rich people it's to get rid of a class divide right yeah like the explanation doesn't change from someone like Elon Musk to someone like Bill Gates. The exploitation is still there. It's like, or, or, I guess Bill, Bill Gates isn't even considered a, a nice billionaire anymore. People know enough stuff that he's done. <coughs> but yeah, it's it's really just, yeah, you, we, we can't have nice things, and that's okay for now. Um, until we get enough people uh, on board with Le Revolution, uh, that's how it's going to be. Well, I mean, hey, France is looking pretty, pretty fun right now. They're yeah, throwing, they are. Hell yeah. Throwing some nice protests. It's, uh, weird. it's, it's weird being pro-France. It's, uh, hey, it's I, pro- France knows how to protest. I'll, I'll, that's I'll true. Come that. No one, no, no one does it like them. That's that, 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 that's true. When it comes to protests, France does it well. Uh, well, and, and the other protests, I'm not sure. Well, I mean, we're very off topic now, but hey, we're we're also Paul. We, we also like to talk about politics, not just uh, movies. But exactly. uh, we're the Marxist Brothers podcast. This is on topic. This is Marxist <laughs> stuff. Exactly. But have you been seeing what's going on uh, in Atlanta? Uh, no, the, uh, police stuff, riots. 
Yeah, so like, there, so, uh, well, I'll give you a, like a riots, riot, riot, riot positive. Sorry. Uh, yes, pro, pro riots. Uh, the, <laughs> yeah. the, cop, the cops are calling uh, the protesters terrorists. Anyways, uh, I'll, I'll give you like a, a cliff note. So basically, yeah. uh, in Atlanta, they're uh, in like a predominantly black neighborhood. They're trying to put a, a police training grounds. Oh. Um, that's like basically supposed to be like a mock city for them to train how to do like urban warfare. Um, and so obviously people there are like, Hey, we don't want this cause they're just gonna be shooting their guns there all the time, which they like said that they're going to do. And, uh, and like, it's like this nice, like forested area. They're like, yeah, like we hang out in this park all the time. And the cops are like, well, the city and the cops are like, no, nah, we're just gonna build this giant city training grounds. And so like, there's been a lot of people like, uh, kind of protesting that and like, uh, like doing stuff. And, uh, so most recently the cops shot a protester, um, and like killed him. Uh, for like protesting this cop city, so now obviously a, a lot of uh, protesters are like, hey, you can't fucking kill protesters. Like that's not a that's not a thing you can do. So they're obviously like trashing the downtown, and then the cops are like, hey, these people are terrorists. And you're like, uh, yeah, you're the ones who shot a protester. Who's the terrorist? Uh, yeah, fucking fucking Paul Paul Verhoeven called. He want <laughs> he wants his he wants his dystopian idea back. Yeah. Like, <laughs> so what in, the, what in the RoboCop is this? This is yeah. So uh, oh, so anyways, so this big protest going there. Not enough coverage of that. So anyways, I am uh, anti police state city places. So uh, yes, that, that for any listener, go check that out uh, and uh, pay attention because that that's sort of a big thing. Yeah, go, uh, go yeah, go walk up forty uh, percent of uh, police officers <laughs> there. Yeah, yeah, I mean, if you're listening to our podcast, you're probably not pro cop. Um, I hope, um, uh, but if you are, uh, middling, at, middling <laughs> at best, call it mixed at best. Hopefully, yeah. Hopefully. Um. Anyways, back to the menu. Um, I, I gave you sort of my <laughs> thoughts. Uh, <laughs> do you have any final thoughts about the movie? Yeah, it was good, but I, again, like, it could have gone farther. And I think that its messaging is pretty hollow, just given the whole fiction stuff and the whole. It's just kind of mid, like like it's good, but mid. It's good, but mid. Yeah, like it's. I I gave it three out of five stars. Like yeah. it's, it's good. Probably not gonna watch it again, but like. That wasn't hurt. It was. Yeah. It was short. And in a sense, I'm glad it's popular because maybe we'll we will get more like mid budget movies out of it. Yeah, then. exactly. Um, so like in that sense, I'm rooting for it to like succeed. But like in a, <laughs> I mean that that's my uh, sort of wanting to view good entertainment. But in my Marxist <laughs> side, I'm like, uh, yeah, this is bad. This does not follow. This is almost a, a harm to Marxist ideology by uh, sort of. Uh, diverting people's attention from the root of the cause to yeah. a more surface level but anyways <laughs> uh, that's the menu that's the menu yeah anyways hope you enjoyed our discussion on that um i i uh i guess we can go to some news now i have some news news um but now i need to find where i put my cellular device anyways where did i put my cellular device let me just pause this recording no, 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 no. Tell, right, me, tell, tell, me, tell me when we're starting. Yes, all right, we're back, and go ahead. News. This is the news with Cam Clausen. <laughs> uh, br- breaking. Tron. Oh. 
All right, and Cav's back. <laughs> Cav's back with the news. So Tron, uh, yeah. So Tron three was an, was announced. Um, not, it's let's call it mixed because it was it was announced, which is a good thing. Um, but the details are not good. Uh, Jared Leto was announced as the lead. Uh, look up, look up Jared Leto for thirteen years. Uh, for more for more info on that. Um, also, um, it's being directed by one of the one of the guys who co-did parts of the Caribbean Five. I haven't seen it, but that's not neat, I guess. Um, also, they didn't announce anything to do with the Daft Punk, so that's also not Lame. good. Um, so, like, I mean, like that Daft Punk has been broken up, but but like, I hope they're gonna, they're going to announce. Hey, for like for Tron Three, we're gonna, we're gonna get back together just for one time. Whatever, do Tron Three. Mm-hmm. But yeah, so like it was announced, but at what cost? You know, like you could you could have cast anybody and cast Jared Leto in the year of our Lord 2023. Now it does, it does seem like a strange uh, strange choice. Choices were made. Uh, I have not actually seen any of the Tron movies. Neither do I. But I, I the soundtrack to, to, to Tron 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 Two Tron Legacy is very good. I remember reading the Tron book, and I was very confused. Hmm, computers, chipperas, <laughs> etc. Confusion. Um, anyways, I also have a little bit of news. Uh, so this is from, well, it's from the, the Globe and Mail, but uh, I'm sure it's another news sources as well. But uh, So Cineplex, that's a Canadian uh, movie theater chain, um, has struck a, a deal with Lionsgate to be the only sort of movie theater to... Uh, show Lionsgate movies to Canadians, which I think is a, is terrible. And that, <laughs> like, it's stupid. It's just like that, that, that shouldn't be a thing. Like the government should be able to strike that down. Yeah. Like, like that's so like, I don't know, such a monopoly sort of thing to do. And like, it yeah. seems like, it seems like such like an antitrust thing. Be like, yeah, actually only one company can show movies from the yeah, certain. That's, like, that's a blatant, yeah, like, 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 there's so so much wrong wrong with that, but the good, like, the, like, again, I'm not a pro big government guy by any means, but like, that the government should be used when it comes to like, big deals and like trust stuff. So we needed a, a nationalized movie theater that plays all the every single the, movie, the People's Theater. Amen. Exactly. I'm, I'm, I, I can get behind this. Well, okay. Well, the the town eight theater it closed so let's uh so i i think you and me should should buy it and uh make our own movie theater okay we'll use my ps5 as collateral (laughs) and and my xbox series x we have a whole thousand dollars value in in gaming supplies collateral exactly collateral great movie by the way collateral hardly nowhere (laughs) <laughs> yeah, R.I.P. Town Eight. Like, it's like I mean, like I mean, that, that's pretty like local news. So like, not I'm sure not everyone will know that, but like, we should just give a give a little tribute to Town. Yeah. Town so eight. so a, a, a little reference. So ta- uh, Town Eight is uh, this little little movie theater in downtown Winnipeg. It's like right by the Exchange District. For those who aren't in Winnipeg, it's like a, a very historic sort of financial district in uh, Winnipeg. It's got like not lots of nice old like 1912 sort of uh, skyscraper type things, uh, and this theater was a very 
very nice, brutalist sort of architecture that uh, showed very cheap movies. So, like, a movie ticket was like awesome. five bucks. Historic. It was the first movie theater in Canada to have eight screens in wow. Canada. I didn't even know that. Wow, that's uh, pretty cool. Historic. Yeah. It was, yeah. So, I hadn't been there often because my theater of choice in Winnipeg is Grant Park. Yeah. Um, just because the, it's location to outside of Winnipeg. Um, and also interior Winnipeg, like it, it's just a good, it's just a good location. Also, like I have landmark member plus thing, so that stuff is good. But like, well, it it was landmark, wasn't it? Yes, it was. Um, but it just game game making my way downtown, walking fast. It's <laughs> it's harder to get downtown than it is to Grant. Yeah, but. Fair. Like so, I've only been been there one time with you. That was to see the Green Knight, which, which was a good time. Yeah, it, it's um, it's not it's not a great theater, but no, it, it, it but, but it was it, a, it was a fun theater. It was basically like Winkler quality theater, but yeah. for like half the price. And it had character, and it was walkable downtown. Exactly, and so, so now now all the movie theaters are like on the outskirts of downtown. So if you live downtown, you got a bus, you can't walk. Yeah, it's not it's not very about busing for real. <laughs> But so, uh, yeah, so that that porn, is quite quite sad. Porn, porn went out for for Town Eight. Uh, hopefully, someone buys it and then is able to use it for theater purposes instead of just making rich condos. Yeah, it probably will become condos. Fuck. I I, I was hoping that maybe like, uh, oh, what's it called? Uh, Chip Cin- oh. oh, sure. I, I was gonna say I, I was hoping that maybe the uh, Cinema Tech would buy it. That would be that would be nice to have, have like an eight screen cinematic. Yeah, like that that that's what I would really hope for. I doubt they have the money for it. No, I, but like, I can you I can you imagine? It. Like that'd be so good. Just like oh, they're playing like this obscure one on this screen, this obscure on this screen, exactly. and like to like to be like in such a uh, historic place, mm-hmm. and like to have like the like a bigger space. I think the cinematic would be amazing in there. But I I. Again, for those who aren't in Winnipeg, Cinematech is a what would you classify? Well, it's it's like a, a movie like they play like more indie movies, they yeah. play older movies, Ob- it's, obscure B movies. Like it's yeah, yeah. So like for reference, like uh, this month they're playing Black Girl, uh, great film, which is like an older movie but like a very important movie, which we will discuss. That's that's why segue to the uh, British Film Institute. Uh, releasing their top 100 greatest films of Segway. all time. Sight and Sound, baby! Yeah. Yeah. So every 10 years, Sight and Sound releases the top 100 films of all time. I guess you're right. The the 100, the 100 films of all time are is by by critics. There is there is a director's 100 greatest films of all time poll. Yeah, but that's, so that's that, a separate thing. Yeah, which I haven't seen. I do want to look that. I mean, like obviously, like. Critics are global, but we're, we're, kind of, we're kind of critics, but like not really. Um, <laughs> well, uh, my goal is that by by the next BFI, we we will be <laughs> we will be asked to uh, submit our top ten movies of all judging, time. Judging judging by the way that BFI is going with their with their with their voting voting base, I'm not sure will be included because they wanted they wanted to diversify more. So I'm not sure if two, uh, we are, we are very diverse, Cam. We I'm are sure two if, white guys. Yeah, two <laughs> rural central Manitoba and one white man. I'm, I'm, I'm not sure if we're making our way on there just just yet. <laughs> I, I, I think so. I think uh, I, I think that that's exactly what they want: more white that, men. 
That's true. That that's what honestly a lot of people in film are, are saying. We need more white men involved in film. <laughs> we need more white men stories. We need more white men directors. Under, under undertold for real. Like we, we exactly don't get, oh, exactly. It's, 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 it's not. It's not something that's been focused on really in the last hundred years of filmmaking. <laughs> exactly. Uh, uh, yeah. we, we, we jest. Uh, anyways. Uh, Speaking of that, Sight and Sound, though, so the hundred greatest films of all time voted on by critics, the most diverse it's ever been, um, including at the top spot, which is the first time that a film not named Citizen Kane, Bicycle Thieves, or Vertigo has a number one. Um, so, so the new number one on, on the Sight and Sound 100 Greatest Films is now Jean Dielman, which is directed by uh, Chantal Ackerman. It's a French, it's Bel- Belgium, Belgish, Belgiumese film. Yeah. From, from the 70s. And apparently it's deserved. I haven't seen it, but I've heard good things. I haven't seen it either. I'm trying to convince my girlfriend again to watch it with me but she is not convinced by a slow burner three and a half hour movie <laughs> she, she, she doesn't want, want to see about a, a she doesn't want to watch a movie a movie about a middle-aged uh french woman doing chores and occasionally doing doing sex sex work uh not really believe it or okay, not. not really fair fair <laughs> so uh, maybe we'll have to watch it together sometime yeah uh, the the I'll just quickly read through the other uh, top ten. So yep. the next one, number two, Vertigo, of course. Yep. Like you said, it's been number one before. Uh, I've seen it. It's really well made. I like Alfred Hitchcock. I don't think that's a hot take. Mm-hmm. Um, number three, Citizen Kane. Again, it's a great movie. Uh, if you haven't seen it, you should. It's 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 one of the best films of all time for a reason. Yeah, definitely. Like, like when I first was, I was made to watch it for class. And I was like it's probably not going to be that good. Like everyone just says it's good because uh, it's, it's old. Yeah. And, and I watched it. I was like, oh, it is good. I, I hate to admit it, but I actually, yeah, really. exactly. Yeah. <laughs> it me was too. actually was, really good. I was in the same place. Yeah. Uh, number four is Tokyo story. Have not seen it, but I would like to, have you seen it? I'm not. It's a, yeah. Yes. Jiro Ozu. I've not seen any of his stuff, but number five is in the mood for love. I have seen that one. It's amazing. Very well made. I, I have seen it. It is very good. Uh, number six, yeah, I was. See, 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 seen it at five was a surprise. Like, I think it's a like, little high. Yes, like, like I think it's very good. Like for sure, top twenty. I think five was a little okay, but like I see why. I see why. Yeah. Uh, number six, two thousand one, A Space Odyssey. I love this movie. I saw that you saw this recently. What did you? I think have of seen it? it now. At the time of our previous recording, which has not, which has not <laughs> been at least yet because it sucks. Uh, I have, <laughs> I have, I have seen the movie since we almost released an episode on, on this so yes it, it's very good it's so good for a reason and yeah it's good it's great sci-fi it's trippy it's uh gr- like the best soundtrack of all time i would say like i don't know and it's such it's such a good soundtrack i do love how the how the soundtrack is just old classical soundtracks yep like it just just recycled older classical stuff it's but like, oh. it, ju- it just works so well but it works it's, it works it's great yeah. um Number seven. I'll let you read that one because I'm bad with French. Uh, both both travail. It's a uh, Claire Denis. Yeah, France. I haven't seen it. It's about gay soldiers, I think. Yeah, another another woman director. So that's uh, two women directors in the top ten. So that's pretty good. Here we go. Uh, number eight is Mulholland Drive. Uh, another classic. I love Mulholland Drive. I've uh, you know, 
written papers about it. Have you seen Mul- you haven't seen Mulholland Drive? I, I I have not. It's a it's it's on the list. Uh, I like David Lynch. I think he's a, a quirky kind of guy, and uh, I enjoy his uh, his stuff. And if uh, you can believe it, it's a Friday <laughs> once again. Exactly. I like my coffee, coffee and cigarette. Um, oh, hell yeah. <laughs> number nine is a man with a movie camera from the USSR. Got to love that uh, USSR representation. I oh, mean, yeah. uh, being being the the Marxist that I am, I uh, I'd have to say Battleship Protag. Uh, Battleship Potemkin. Yes, that, that, that's my favorite USSR movie. But uh, Man with the Camera is good. Have you seen that one? I have not. It's, it's kind of confusing. It's basically just a guy taking a movie of the city. They're making my way downtown, walking fast. Uh, exactly. And number 10 yeah. is Singing in the Rain. Get, get killed it. For real, for real, for real. It's not my favorite musical, but I do see why it is in the top 10. I'm not sure what other musical I would have in the top ten. Uh, Sound of Music. Okay, that's fair. Um, yeah, but all Hollywood loves movies about itself. And it the really does. And singing, for real, that's like that's like a trend every year with with the Oscars. Oh wait, wait, wait. Hollywood likes movies about itself, and once again we're getting the the Feldmans, which will probably win Best Picture this 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 year. Do you think it will? I'm not. I'm not. I'm not convinced it'll win Best Picture. What do you think will win Best Picture? Actually, no, we'll talk about we'll talk about that closer to yeah. nominations. Anyway, yeah, singing <laughs> the rain. Singing, singing the rain is very good. So yes. yes. Um, we'll, anyway, we'll, so that, we'll that's that's the that's the top ten. I think uh, we should now do our top ten, which we did before, but we will redo now. Uh, like you said, right. we tried to record. The sound was off, so we we are back now. Um, I'm pulling up my, my list now. So, yeah, uh, in no particular order, take it away. Okay, so my list, starting with Wally, yep. a Pixar animated one. It's a homage to silent cinema, also sci fi, also just very relevant. It's a romantic love story for the ages told by via two robots with very, very minimal dialogue. For example, Wally and <laughs> Eve. Uh, next, I have Paddington 2. Uh, everyone who knows me knows how much I, lo- I love this movie mm-hmm. and why it's so good. Uh, number three, I have Citizen Kane. Again, it's one of the best films for a reason. Uh, not, not much more has to be said. Uh, number four, I have Seven Samurai by Kira Kurosawa. Um, it's very good and is the main influence on every single action movie since it came out in 1954. Mm-hmm. Um, number five, another movie that is action and also is very good, Mad Max Fury Road. I think it's the best action movie of the 2010s and one, one of the best movies of the 2010s. Uh, number six, I have Duck Soup by the Marx Brothers, directed by Leo McCrary. Uh, it's the funniest, it's probably, my, it's definitely the best Marx Brothers movie and it's just so influential in terms of comedy and different kinds of comedy that are involved. Mm-hmm. Uh, next, I have Children of Men, uh, directed by Alfonso Cuaron. Amazing. Um, it's so good. I, I finally have it on physical now. Oh, where'd um, you get from? Uh, the, the Entertainment Exchange. Of course. Um, so they had, it was it, it, it was in a double feature with uh, Re- Repo Men, which is a features movie with like, because it Guy Pierce or some some sci-fi schlock 
But uh, the main thing was Children of Men. I'm like, okay, Neil, I get the other bullshit movie, but I get Children of Men. So let's go. Was it on Blu-ray? Yeah. Nice. That's now cool. I have now I have one of the one of my favorite movies, which which was my like Ahab White Whale. All of a sudden I'm like, you know what? I'm just gonna ask. Do you have this movie? They're like, we'll see. And then and then it's a double feature. I'm like, okay, neat. Well, I I, I always get a movie. Yeah. The version of it. Uh, number eight, I have The Godfather. Again, it's one of the, considered one of the best movies for a reason. Um, some best, some of the best acting all around. Marlon Brando, Al Pacino when he was young and full of life. Um, so good. Coppola's really good direction. J- Jimmy Kahn, etc. Uh, as I was making the list, and I, I noticed there wasn't a lot of like queer and also female representation, so I picked one directed by two trans women, The Matrix. Um, also one of the most influential action movies. Um, obviously, they weren't women at the time when they when they made the movie, but I, that I don't, I don't care. That's not how. I did, that's not how identity works. So, mm-hmm. Matrix, very good. Um, number next, I have singing it, singing it in the rain. Probably my favorite musical. I haven't seen since the sound of music in a long time. I'm sure if, if, I, if I were to watch it again, I'd probably make 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 it above it. I but, actually love the 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 anti-Nazi aspect of it. Uh, Lou, you can't can't get wrong with being anti-Nazi. And Christopher uh, Plummer is great. That's true. Gene Kelly's and Donald McConner are great in this. Singing in the Rain is phenomenal. Nice. Well, that, that's a great list. Uh, we have some some crossover, um, but I will start with uh, the reason why I was able to use this as a segue, and that's because, uh, for my, well, not, again, in no particular order, but uh, my first top movie is Black Girl. It's amazing. It really shows just, like, sort of the effects of uh, colonialism on uh, people from Africa, and this movie is uh, I think the first movie directed by an African to be nominated for uh, an Oscar. But uh, it's well acted. It's well written. Uh, it's beautifully shot. It's just, it, it really is a masterpiece. Um, my next movie is uh, A Man Escaped. It's mm-hmm. a, 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 you've seen that movie, right? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It's so good. One of the best sort of like <laughs> jailbreak movies. It does some, uh, does some really interesting sort of... Uh, dives into like religion and mm-hmm. uh, anti-nazism and yeah it's just it's beautiful and a movie that i think everyone should see Absolutely. Um, the next one is bicycle thieves again it's uh well uh, it, it, it has been uh the best movie on the bfi in the past and i definitely think that's for a reason one it's, time yeah well <laughs> it, it was worth that one time <laughs> Um, uh, it's a, a beautifully written movie. It really shows like what it takes to survive when society crumbles around you due to fascism. And yeah. uh, it's just really powerful and mm-hmm. quite well made. Mm-hmm. Uh, next is another French movie, uh, Cleo from five to seven. Uh, yeah. it, just a really interesting sort of idea of like having this movie basically set in real time uh, <laughs> in, in like that two hour span. It's a, uh, I mean, I haven't seen a lot of Agnes uh, Verde, but uh, or Verda, but she's uh, obviously a very influential uh, female uh, director, mm. and this movie just sort of shows why she is uh, so sort of uh, revered. Um, next is The Thing, uh, which uh, the reason I have on the list is I think it is one of the, sort of the best practical effects horror movies, and 
uh, it just shows just I think John Carpenter is really underappreciated. I think he's a very talented director and like he does everything basically. Like he he did the sound track, he wrote it, uh, he directed it. Uh, he probably did some of the cinematography. Like he he does everything in his movies, and yeah. uh, I, I think the thing is probably his greatest movie. Yeah. Uh, next, I have Shoplifters. So this is a really powerful. Uh, I believe it's Japanese movie um, that basically follows the sort of found family uh, as they go through life and uh, kind of have to, like the title suggests, uh, shoplift to survive. Um, again, if you haven't noticed the theme, it shows just like what it takes to survive under capitalism when uh, things are kind of stacked against you as a working class person. Mm-hmm. Uh, next is Do the Right Thing. I think this is one of the most uh, relevant movies that has been made in the 90s. Well, it was made in 89. And uh, the fact that it's still relevant today, like I, I watched it maybe two years ago. And I was like, wow, this could be made today. And it, it would still still be like just as, as powerful as, as uh, you know, it, it being made was that 30 years ago <laughs> which is yeah. which is uh, both depressing and also uh, just impressive at how well Spike Lee was able to sort of tap into the uh, sort of dynamics that there are in our society um, next I have Citizen Kane I don't think I have to talk about that too much because obviously it's Citizen Kane um, next is Wally again like you mentioned it's like one of the best animated movies it tells a beautiful love story between two robots that's almost completely silent it's a great soundtrack. It's beautifully animated. It's uh, it's just a really well-made animated film. And I wish more animated films were like this. And uh, my final one is Parasite. It's definitely my favorite movie that I've seen in like the past 10 years. It's uh, so well-written. Like The fact that like there's some humor in it, I think it tells a really interesting story. It's, uh, well, like I was ranting before, how I don't like uh, most like anti-rich stuff. This sort of dives into the system a lot more than the movies like uh, The Glass Onion or The Menu where like it actually shows them like hey they're working class people and like their lives suck and like if they were rich then they like it kind of shows in the movie they just turn out to be assholes <laughs> so like it doesn't matter uh, who is the rich person kind of the system kind of screws people over mm-hmm. um, and I think the parasite just really uh, does a really good job of that and so that is my top 10 lovely lovely I, I, was, I was I was looking through movies I have I have watched yet. I saw Do the Right Thing. I'm definitely going to watch that one soon. Do you have it on Blu-ray? I do. I have, I have the Criterion. Nice. No, I, I have the Criterion on that one too. It's it's definitely well well Anyways, I think that's everything for this week. Uh, hopefully, this episode will actually be released. I hope so. <laughs> well, if, if it's not, then you won't hear it. But if it is, see you next time. Bye-bye now.